Weekly Sauce, episode 42, 41 of the books. Last week we had two Montreal, one former Montreal Alouette, one current Montreal Alouette, DJ Lama and Enoch Mwamba now playing for the Toronto Argonauts announced this week. Uh, it was a fantastic episode. It was our longest. Ever. We, it's the first time we ever did two and it worked seamlessly. Those two guys are awesome. It was great. Awesome. Awesome guys. I really love talking both of them. Uh, it's really fun. But now we can talk, now we can talk serious because... We have the guys from Habs Unfiltered, and we can talk some serious stuff here, like some really serious stuff. But before before we get to that, I do have to mention, yeah. visit Mike's PBQ up, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Uh, their mustard truffle sauce. We actually, they're doing a golf tournament, if anybody's interested in playing. It's uh, May 29th. It's going to be at Golf Oasis. Uh, the Hot Sauce boys were putting in a team. Uh, golf Oasis, it's about half an hour north of Montreal here. Uh, beautiful golf course. I played there before, and uh, we're putting a team in. A few of the a few of the guests that we've had are probably most likely going to put a team, and we're trying to figure that out now. And uh, it's for a good cause. I'm not I'm not sure what the charity is exactly. I think they're tra- they're finalizing that now. But all the all the proceeds will be going to charity. Uh, go to Mike's PBQ Rub all over social media. They have all the information there. If not, just send us a message. Send me a message or anybody from Hot Sauce, and we'll be able to answer the questions for you. Um, so we got that boys from Habs Unfiltered. We got Blaine and Trey. How's it going, boys? Hey guys, thanks for hey, having us. What's going on? Oh, it's our pleasure to have you on. I mean, anytime we can talk, not, we're kind of like this with the Habs, right? All four of us are Habs fans, so we're, we're kind of like this. Everything's going upwards now, so we can talk positively about the Habs. We don't have to necessarily talk, say the bad things. So I'm going to give you guys a chance to say the bad things about the Habs at the beginning. Should we trade Carey Price? This is the first question. <laughs> it's the one thing on Twitter. We have to get it out of the way. Uh, no. <laughs> Thank you. I think I think all four of us are in agreement with this one. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that everybody just jumped on Carey Price's neck for a few games that he was playing well. It's Montreal. That's that's just what they do. Uh, you you take a start. I mean, that, let's okay. Let's look at another player, Jonathan Drouet. Jonathan Drouet is probably ha- probably having one of the best seasons. <laughs> He's probably having a career season if it was a full season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has seven points in his last eight games, um, and still, every time they lose, there's a comment on social media about Trey Drew, and he does nothing for this team. He's uh, even fucking back-checking. He's, even he's back-checking. doing everything. He's actually playing a 200-foot game. He, he's actually looking like he did when he was in Halifax. Really. Yep. Uh, he, he's, you know... He's going into the boards. He's battling along the boards. He's he's forechecking. He's backchecking. He's, I mean, he's not the greatest backchecker. He's not the greatest guy, but he at least he's giving it an effort. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's not scoring goals, but he's getting points. And if the guy has eighty-two points and they're all assists, does it really matter? That's the way I look at it. Like, if so, if I have a player play- on my team that has eighty-two assists, I'm not. I'm not crying. I mean, it would be nice if he could get a, little, a couple more goals, but we have other guys for that, right? Sure. But that just means someone else scored 82 goals. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it. Well, I mean, how many I people see... shit on Adam Oates when he was uh, racking up assists? And now we talk about him like one of the best passes of all time. You know, it's just it's how the cookie yeah. crumbles sometimes. Alex, what are you saying? So, so the way I see Jerome is that he's sitting at the, at the wrong chair. He's – they're giving him a first-line role – but I don't. I, I personally don't think he's a first line winger. I think he'd be better suited off on a second line. We we needed someone else on the first line. Honestly, he's to me he's not a first uh, first line player. Honestly, he's a he's a second line player definitely. 
he's he's working hard. I uh, think he's clear. Uh, he's he's creating great plays. He now plays on defense, so he's back checking all that. Um, I just don't see him on the first line. I we we need someone else, someone who can score uh, score goals, be more dominant on that first line. That's what I really want. So. Uh, I, yeah. Well, let the well, let the boys answer. But so Drew, I mean, it's easy to say for us to say he shouldn't be on the top the top line. Is he a top six forward? Absolutely. Right now, do the Habs have two top lines that he can jump around back and forth with? Absolutely. But is it is it better for him to go to the bottom line? Is it going to benefit the upper line if he's not there? I'm, well, I'm talking well, about what we have. <clears throat> yeah. No, currently, the Canadians have two second lines. They don't have a first line. Exactly. Yeah. So there's no point in taking him off the first and dropping him down to the second because then that becomes it just it's a waste at that point. And Jonathan Drury, no matter what how well he's playing or how how, how bad he's playing, he's still a he should be a top line guy. And on on the Habs, he's a number one line guy. That's the part that's the problem, not necessarily him. Exactly. So he's he's uh he's on our first line with our current roster. Yeah. But in a perfect world, I would want him to, in our second line. That's that's how I think that he should be. People are putting too much expectations on Drouin that he should be a 70, 80-point scorer. I think that's what uh, expectations are. As we know, all know, all know he's, he's French. Obviously, he has to produce. So, uh, yeah. If he's, if he's not Guy Lafleur flying down the wing, <laughs> scoring goals every game, he's useless. Well, <laughs> I, th- I think he matched perfect with Anderson. Um you can flop Suzuki and cut Emmy in the center there. Personally, I, I like cutting Emmy right now over Suzuki, but uh, I, I like the two lines. I like Druin playing with Anderson and Suzuki. I think they have good chemistry, and I like cutting Emmy playing with Toffoli and Gallagher. I like cutting Emmy right now playing with anybody mm-hmm. that's not named Toffoli. Well, anyone that's not Armia, Lekanen, or anyone in the bottom six. But uh, so you could flop Suzuki and cut Emmy with those wing, four wingers. And uh, it, 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 you're you're all right. None of our top line players are actual top line players. They're they're second line. Anderson, you can make an argument. Anderson's a good power forward that could play on a top line with a top center and a, and, a, and a, another winger. Suzuki's not a top center yet, and neither is uh, Kotniemi. But it's looking more and more like Kotniemi's getting there. Suzuki a little bit taking a little bit longer, but. Uh, yeah, that's well, that was my next question for you guys. Actually, Blaine, go, and I'll ask. Yeah, yeah so um, Dominic Trump, he likes to use pairings. He likes to pair a couple of guys, and then he makes his changes in the lineup based on, I'm going to move a pairing down, pairing up. So Suzuki and uh, Drouin, they're, they're a pair. Uh, Kanyemi, and right now it seems... Uh, Seems they're just they're, they finally gave him some scoring wingers. So his pairing, not sure yet. Maybe it's Toffoli. Him and Toffoli are going to be lined up together, pretty solidly. And then the right wingers move around. So that that's that's Duchamp's plan at the moment. And with what he has, it seems to it seems to be his best bet. So I don't know. I think we're expecting a bit too much out of Drouin. I mean, if it, it what he's doing now, and he, for what he's being paid at to, on top of that. I think he's producing above his paycheck. 
not on my fantasy team though, but in general, <laughs> yeah, he's played well. He's played well. I think I, I'm 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 not. I I have very little complaints. The only complaints I have to the team are like specific, other specific bottom line players. But we the, we're we're gonna get that from the bottom. Like the top guys, I think they've all been performing as much as the, as best as they can. Like you said, Trey Suzuki. You know, he's having a little bit of a little bit of a slope. I think it's more of a learning curve than anything else. I'm not worried about Suzuki. Is he a number one center going forward? I think we'll have to reevaluate that, but realistically, he's a number two center, and he's a damn good number two center. So I wanted to ask you guys about Lekkonen. I mean, Lekkonen, is, he's been in the, the the news, I guess, on Twitter. People are asking about him. Why isn't he in the lineup? Why is he in the lineup? Yada, yada, yada. What do we do with him? He's an RFA at the end of the year. What do the Habs do with, do they let him go? Do they keep him going? Two and a half, two, um, I think it's two and a half million this year, or 2.4 million. Two. 2.4, yeah. 2.4 million this year. So what do the, what do the Habs do with Lekin at the end of the year? Is he trade bait? No, they keep uh, him. They keep him. Uh, Ar- Armia is likely gone. Um, yeah. Uh, Tatar might be gone as well. But Lekkonen, he brings so much to the table as a bottom six forward. You keep him down in your bottom six. He'd be a solid fit on that third line next year with whoever they have as center. But yeah, and you you don't have to sign him for a, a massive amount either. He might just stay. You might sign him for a few years at what he's making now. So it's not a bad investment. I think he's trade deadline trade bait right now. Mm. And uh, as an RFA, I think if they don't trade him, they re-sign him to a team-friendly contract, like a one- or two-year, maybe give him a slight bump and a raise, 2.6, 2.8, something like that. Um, But other than that, I think right now he is going to be a roster player that they can throw into a trade to get preferably a – puck moving defenseman or a face-off winning center a, a depth center um however if they don't trade him then I, I don't see them just letting him go as an rfa i see their i see them re-signing him or again an off-season trade to boost boost the lineup so lekanen is that has that um that trade bait mentality uh, that quality i think that a lot of teams are going to like because He's an RFA at the end of the year. He's not a UFA, so you know they can still have that option to to sign him and give him a team friendly deal for whichever team he goes to. Um, I don't know why I feel like Minnesota might be there. I mean, I I, I don't know why every time I think of Lekkonen as a trade, I see Minnesota for some reason. I have no idea why. There's no reason. I have no idea what the Habs would get in return. They already have enough draft picks next year, so I don't think they need any more of those. Um, but you mentioned uh, maybe getting a face off uh, a face off expert. Uh, somebody like a guy like we have, well, face-off expert, Dano has been the guys like we put him in for the face-offs. And I wanted to ask you, we look at the, we can look at the overtime and with the lineups that we've been having, and Alex brought this up to me, is that we're starting, we're starting our overtimes with Dano, Petrie, and Byron, which I don't hate too much because there's a lot of speed there. Um, but I feel like it's just they're they're learning how to play overtime. I don't know if they're just lost out to lunch. Uh, I don't know if Ducharme has another plan or whatever it is. What do you guys think the reason is? And is it just because they want to be the fastest guys out there? It's the only explanation I can have. I think uh, they want to know to win the face off and then get off the ice is what I think it is. And then when he does. <laughs> Uh, that, that's what I think he's out there for. Yeah. I think he's out there just to win the faceoff. The problem is, is he's not winning the faceoffs in overtime, and then he seems stuck out on the ice because he has to play defense. Uh, personally, I think when they go to overtime, put your three top guys out there. Put Toffoli, Kotyemi, and Petrie out there, and you know you, you've already got the point. You've lost eight straight or five overtime games, three in a shootout, 
And uh, so put put your best guys out there. Byron, mind you, the last game, I think Deneau kind of earned some time in overtime. He had a really good game. He had a strong game. Uh, Byron, yeah, he's out there for speed, but this is the second time this year he's made a bad change in overtime. And uh, mind you, I think it was Petrie's ultimate fault that they screwed up because he tried to do too much by himself. But uh, hindsight, whatever. Uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, but would they be? Would we even be saying that had they scored on that rush right before? Yeah, that's a good. Point. No, that and, and that, that that's a perfect point that I, I was going to bring up. Dano made a wonderful pass to Petrie on that rush that Hallibuck just stoned him on, and if we scored on that, Dano and Petrie, Dano and Byron would have been the best decision Deshawn uh, ever <laughs> made in overtime. So it's. Uh, I don't. He, I don't like the the plan that he has put in he he talked about the plan in his post-game press conference he explained why he did it and you're right it was for the face-off mm-hmm. uh deno was the top face-off guy in that game he actually played a good game <clears throat> and again byron with a horribly lazy line change in a bad timing coupled with petrie trying to go for it instead of just holding on to the puck what they need to under- realize is three on three is not regular normal hockey you just hold the damn puck. Wait for your line to change. If you have to pass it back to the goalie, pass it back to the goalie. But the the whole plan in place is win the faceoff, push it in their zone, hold it there, make your line change so you have fresh legs versus guys who have been out there for about 30, 40 seconds, and then attack. Well, the way I, the, look, look, the way I see the Habs in overtime is we're not built for overtime. We we don't have we don't okay I don't I don't like this comparison but just compare our three versus three against Toronto okay Matthews Marner Riley okay the it, it's it's unfair okay look at look at the Oilers they have McDavid Drysaitel and Nurse or Barry what whoever it's because it the Habs haven't decided to tank any t- in the last ten years they haven't gone full tank half tank pretty much and and three in three on three is all about skill and IQ. Okay? Like I, I don't say I'm not saying our players are dumb, but it's I'm talking about exactly ho- uh, saying, uh, about hockey IQ precisely, okay? So you need to be very skillful to play 3 versus 3 because you know you need to know when to attack, when to shoot, when to backtrack, you got to know when to change lines during overtime. So it's really really important to have skillful players during overtime and we just don't have that. We don't have that luxury. And I think we're missing that one big offensive player in our top six. We really need one. And Full Caulfield. I, I think it's it, – it's, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you say, Alex, but we don't really know because we always put Deneau, Byron, and someone else on. Like, put Kotnyemi to full – Kotnyemi and Anderson. Put Suzuki and Anderson on. Uh, you know, put it's Drew just – Put Drew and Drew out. out there for Christ's sakes. But uh, you're you're absolutely right. We don't have that uh, Kovalchuk. I'll say Kovalchuk type player because last year Kovalchuk was killing it in overtime for the Habs three on three. Uh, we it was don't the only have time that type. He was actually doing well. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, especially in the first eleven games. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, but we don't have that guy that you can put on the ice and he's almost gonna pop it into that from anywhere he shoots it from. And you're right, Cole Caulfield probably going to be that guy i don't think it's going to be any time this year but so caulfield so caulfield is more of a long-term uh Correct. solution yeah. 
but imme- the immediate we don't have it and i do f- yeah and i do think suzuki anderson let's, let's say suzuki anderson petrie that would be great uh whatever but we just need skill in overtime and it's we, we lost what eight straight overtimes now well what are we complaining about the halves are four two and three so, since she's in the month of march we're good well <laughs> if they would just have two of these overtimes as wins yeah. one against let's say one against uh ottawa uh, not ottawa let's say one against edmonton one against winnipeg mm-hmm. just two they'd be two and six They'd still suck in three on three overtime, but they would be sitting in second place clear. Yeah. That's the difference. Oh. Yeah, they'd be tied with Edmonton and No, because Edmonton would lose a point to Montreal point, and exactly. Montreal gain the point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they're both they're up. But they would lose they wouldn't have four. the points. Think they're about it. You take a points. point away. Yeah, take a point away. Now. Yeah. Wow. There's up by yeah, three. but then Montreal, Montreal has more wins. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, Math. But if you, I, I just actually put a, a tweet out today. If Montreal plays 500 for the rest of the season, I get what 27 games left, I think. Uh, so if they go 14 and 13, say take out the overtime losses, just 14 straight 13, 518 percentage, they finish with 62 points. In order for Calgary to do that, they have to play 615 hockey to get 63 points. Vancouver has to play 625 hockey. And Edmonton only has to pay 500, but they only got 24 games left. Hmm. So if you think about it, Ducharme under Ducharme, I think they're 4 3 and 4, I think is what they are under Ducharme. Right under now. Ducharme, yeah. But I'm, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a half class half full kind of guy, so I only took March. Yeah. Sure, no, no, that's fine. But <laughs> if they're 4 3 and 4 under Ducharme, and they that's basically 500 hockey the rest of the way. So you just keep playing the way they're playing, odds are they're going to make playoffs. Yeah. And I think the, the Habs are getting in. I, I, I mean, I, the way I'm looking at it, I mean, Calgary's there, right? But I think that the Habs have a better unit overall. They're, I think the, they're gonna, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll get in. I'm not really worried about that. And it was actually to my next question in the North Division is who's going to be outside looking in? Now, Ottawa, we can kind of forget about them. I think all of us are assuming that the Habs are going to be that fourth spot. I don't think they'll be able to take up the, I don't think they'll be able to win consistently enough to get to the third. Um, so Maybe. Who, who, I, I think they'll finish third. Yeah. Personally. So then I think fourth would be Winnipeg? Gonna, I th- no, Winnipeg will take second, yeah. and I think Edmonton and Calgary will battle for fourth. That'll be that, nice, that's how I think nice it's going to go. I don't think Vancouver's going to make it. I don't think no. they have more games than everybody else. And uh, I don't know. I'll say this now and probably jinx Montreal the next two games, but Montreal seems to own them. Uh, it's the only team they own this year in the North. So uh, It's because of the Foley. Um, it's the only game he shows up. <laughs> That. Well, that's not entirely true. Well, he is true. He scored last true. game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the really first... crap on him too much. He's second overall in goals. I know, like seventy-five percent of them are against the Canucks. <laughs> they're in. Their pucks are in. They're in, right? Yeah. And, and that's actually what I wanted to talk about too. Is that uh, not only I think that we're looking at we can look at Ducharme and his reign and what Burroughs has done for the power play, but people don't realize what Burroughs, Burroughs has actually done for the power play. And I don't think Burroughs is in reinventing the wheel in any kind of way. Like there isn't some power play scheme that he has in his brain that he hasn't released. And now he's released it and nobody knows how to defend it. But you know, the 31% with in March under him, um, with a new power play first place in the entire NHL at this point, full season is Carolina at 31.9%. So, the Habs are doing well, and I think that that's the reason why is because they weren't just they, they didn't they didn't stop being a five on five team. They just became a special teams team as well. 
If they fix their PK, I'll say they became a special teams, but their PK is terrible. Blaine, you mentioned it yesterday on when we recorded Habs Unfiltered that you want to get around a hundred percent with your two things put together. So twenty percent power play, eighty percent PK. Um, yeah, right, at, at a minimum. At a minimum. Uh, and right now, I think they're set at seventy six on the PK. I think well under Ducharme, they're twentieth in the league. They're twentieth in the league overall. In the PK so, or in special teams in general? PK. Okay. And and they're thirteenth, I think, on the power play overall. Okay. I don't know what the they thing. are in the Ducharme. I'm not sure what they uh, are in the under Ducharme. Ducharme uh, I was doing research for an article that's going to come out soon. Uh, under Ducharme, uh, where, the where, power where play is as you mentioned, going to come out, Blaine? In the next couple of days on uh, the hockey writers. There you go. So. Um, <laughs> Under Ducharme, their power play, as you mentioned, is about 31%. And their penalty kill has actually improved by one percentage point under Ducharme to 77% versus 76% under Julian. So it's it's a shade of an improvement, but it's still better. That gives them well above the 100% mark, making a net positive gain in goals four for the team on special teams. And you add in that five-on-five play that they've been showing – they're they're trending in the right direction. So, Terry, you're right to have uh, to be a little bit uh, glass half full. In the long run, I think we're going to see a lot of cleaning up of the game because a coach can't come in mid season and clean everything up overnight. No, I agree. It's uh, it's impossible, and it's not like and like I said, you're not reinventing anything. It's just another way of playing. Everybody has to be on the same page. You're waiting for one mistake to happen on the other side for you to capitalize, and that's all it is, right? Um, I'm I'm a super positive uh, positive Alex. You were gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say. Um, so far, mid season, who's one player you like and one player you are disappointed in? Yeah, you could do without. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it can't uh, be it me, can't be Dwayne. We can't say Dwayne. I'll start with you guys and then I'll go. For me, it'd be Cut Emmy. It's the one player I like. Uh, especially now under Ducharme. Uh, the one player I'm disappointed in is Suzuki. I thought Suzuki would have a better season, and he's kind of – he's streaky. He'll go four or five games and get a point, and then he'll go five, six games without a point. I'll even say in play. In in play, he's streaky. Like, he'll have a couple shifts where you're like, oh, he's back, and then he'll have yeah. a couple shifts where he'll take a dumb penalty, yeah. and it's like, what's, where's this kid yeah. going? So that, that that's that's where I'm at. I thought Suzuki – I actually thought Suzuki would have a better season than Cotton Yemi this year, even before Ducharme. And then when Ducharme came, I thought Suzuki would get even better with Kegi, and he, he just hasn't. So yeah, that that's my Blaine? Well, for, uh, Suzuki is actually <clears> – <throat> he's in his little sophomore slump, and even with the mm. sophomore slump, he is, produce, he is on pace for a 50-point season over a full regular season, which is an improvement over last year. So even mm. in a, a sophomore slump, he is improving. So I'm not disappointed in him all that much. For me, the player uh, that I've been impressed with so far this year is the, uh, as just like you, Treg, Kanyemi to me has shown that he has taken a larger step. Uh, so I'm very happy with what he has done so far. Uh, one person I can do without, Byron. Uh, for the amount of money he's being paid, for what's go- what he's producing, uh, the little errors that he's making for a guy who's supposed to be in the, uh, he's a veteran leader, I'm just disappointed. He's got a letter on, you know, you expect just the little things that he, the yeah. little mistakes that he's made not to happen. And we're not, I don't think I, I'm on the same page as you, Blaine, and both those options are great. As with Byron, it's like, we look at him and he's, he's fast. He's got all the skill. 
And he makes these amazing plays. Like he's a very good player. Like that pass he made, I think it was to Foley last game, was really nice. And he's just he's just a very good player. And um, it just sucks when he makes those dumb mistakes because he has the letter on. And it's like, okay, yeah. why are you here? Like this is what you're supposed to not do. This is you're supposed to be a faster version of Placanic, basically. You know what I mean? Like you're a leader. You're not a guy who's going to get seventy points every year. You might get forty. You might get thirty-five. And you're supposed to be a guy that's a two ways back and forth speed and you're just not giving everything that we expected out of you but i agree yep alex well well, well i'll go with true first i'll go last me first okay so i mean yeah. i think byron is is uh the guy that i'm disappointed in the most as well only because i've always been a fan of byron and i just can't defend it anymore you know what i mean i've always been like well he's he's super fast he's one of the fastest guys in the league and on a three on three on a four on four these things they 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 matter you know what i mean and uh but he just hasn't really shown me why he deserves a spot on this roster you know what i mean and that's the guy that disappoints me the most the guy that i'm uh, i'm most impressed with i mean we have to say it is petrie i mean i feel like every game we look at petrie and he's just he's doing something good and as a defenseman, as a puck-moving defenseman, when you're making a play every second shift, a really nice play, you're fast, you're moving, he's not losing a step, he's getting older and he hasn't lost a step, he's getting, he's into his new contract and he hasn't lost a step, usually it's, usually we get this performance the year before his contract kicks in, you know what I mean? So, and I think with, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm the high on Petrie and I hope he really gets Rashawn consideration for the Norris, which I think he will. I kind of want to change my disappointing player because Blaine made good <laughs> points about Suzuki. Uh, Holy I want- Mark the fucking calendar folks I'll, uh, uh, I'll, agreed. Cl- I'll clip it I'll send it to you you can post it anywhere you want <laughs> uh, but uh, Shea Weber I think is my most disappointing player so I'll throw that out there and I think we all know why yeah I I, I just think as a PK Subban that's it <laughs> <laughs> Are, were you a pro Subban pro Weber uh, anti Weber or were you the other way around I was a I thought both teams got exactly what they wanted yeah so was I and a conversation yeah Alex <laughs> so the easy way would be to say caught Kanyemi or Petrie. But me, you guys know who the fuck I'm going to choose. <laughs> Big Dick Anderson. Dick like my fucking arm, bro. Okay? Listen, when was the last time we had a power forward like him? I think the last player we had like him was Eric Cole. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that's a good question. I'd say Actually, Shane Corson. That far back? Yeah. Ooh. I was going to say Glenn Metropolis. <laughs> Steve Bajan <laughs> Maxim Napiak, why not? Just throw them all in there. Yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah, Anderson man, he he contributes a lot. He hits, he brings so much energy. He's big, he's fast. Oh, he, he's exactly what we needed. And Bergeron just stole he he fleeced the Columbus Blue Jackets. Big time. And big time. Uh okay, no no offense to Domi, but Fucking Anderson's amazing, yeah. and my most my most disappointing player is um, the no. So the no, I was expecting a much better production from him. I was expecting, I think, what really I'm, I'm well, I'm not sure about the rumors how true they were, but he was offered a contract and he declined it right before the season started. No, he was rec- he was asked, yeah, exactly. He was asking for like five almost five million dollars a year. So, so honestly, I don't know if it's because of the contract or because he's just, I don't know. He just Well, don't, it's back to my point he, before. Usually you play well to get into your contract, and he's doing the opposite. He refused the contract, he, playing bad. Now he's going to get even worse than what he was offered. So it's just, I, yeah. I think what it was was he was offered a contract of $5.5 and, and he refused it. And now he's 
be lucky if he gets one for four and a half million. Yeah, I don't think he's um, gonna get more than that. As good as he is, it, two ways. His play has been better lately. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I, 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 he's been playing better under Ducharme, or at least the last few games. Um, but even his faceoffs, he's only at fifty-one percent on the faceoff, and he's normally a fifty-five to fifty-six uh, faceoff guy. So yep. you take away his uh, what his. Uh, main reason for being there is and that drops and then you're kind of like well you know you're not scoring you're not getting points and you're not winning face-offs you know your defense isn't as good as it was the last couple years and and then and then and he's the big reason why you got to run out and try to get that depth center guy to win face-offs for you because he's not doing it he lost he lost his mojo once suzuki came in and took that top line i think that that note playing a lot of minutes too helped him because he was on the ice more he had a great playoff last year he was great last season but yeah i agree with you it's just i think he just got he kind of lost his mojo big time yeah um Actually, let's, it's good, it's good. We'll segue into this. So the Habs have this this habit of uh, uh, drafting somebody in the first round, first round, and then just never using him ever, ever, except for Kotkaniemi in the last like, ten years. Um, Timmins, I've never, I've always been. A, I like Timmins. I think that Timmins going deeper into the into the draft, he's always been somebody that I'm like, I look at. Okay, he knows what he's talking about because the guys that are on this roster that are good are guys that were usually picked in the later rounds. Like we don't have a lot of first round picks on our team that we drafted, you know, so there's caught Kanyemi, we got Julson. I mean, what, who else, who else are we talking about? That's a first round pick. And I think that's where the, the, the fan base looks at that and says, who is he drafted in the first round in the last 10 years? And what's your rating on Timmons? Is he somebody that has shown pro- progression? He's evolved with the sport or has he kind of regressed? Go ahead, Blaine. I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, I think Timmons is better now that he has more control over who he's drafting and he doesn't have a GM telling him, no, I don't want to take this guy instead of that guy, which I think he had under Ganey in the first few years with Bergevin. Um, If you go back to 2017, I think, when he drafted Paling, was that 17? I think if you go from there on, uh, the drafting's totally different than from 16 down under Timmons. Uh, you're looking at more, uh, I mean, you have Paling, who I think is going to turn out to be a pretty good bottom six uh, center. Uh, well, there was those rumors center. that he came to camp like out of shape and stuff, and and he wasn't. he's not responsible. So, I mean, I mean, I hope so. I like him. He has two points tonight in the Laval game, and I think he, uh, uh, Grant um, uh, McKegg tweeted earlier that he has like six points in his last eight games or oh, something wow. like that, so. Yeah, and I've been watching Laval's games quite closely, and he has a much better jump to his game. He's got a lot more speed. He is more engaged. He is – it's his second pro season, so I think the expectations were a bit high. You know, the kid came in as a first-round pick, and then he scored three goals in his first game. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, oh, we got the next next one. But Treg's right. This this kid's going to be a bottom six center. He'll be a – pretty good third liner don't expect you know 30 35 points that's pretty much what you're looking at but it's a big guy who can who plays a two-way game plays physical he can do the cycle and he's improving on face-offs so if he can add that leave him be down in laval and work with joy bouchard mm-hmm. and let him develop just let him develop that's that's the biggest issue it's not the drafting per se it's the development 
I agree. That's and, the downfall. And we had coaches in the pros where that that don't really develop young guys extremely well. Like Julien is known for sitting on his young guys, and Terrier. I mean, I think he can demoralize young guys very quickly. And a lot yeah. older, yeah, older guys like Terrier because he's funny, and they're like, okay, well, let me just get on the ice and do what you want me to do. But like the younger guys, they take it to heart because they're trying to they're trying to make it. And I think that uh, now we have a guy. Duchamp, I, I like well, as soon as they hired him, I was like, he's the next guy in like three years max. He'll be the guy, and you can tell. You know, he's yeah. he has a track record. Yeah. Uh, well, Trey, you know, he has a track record. He's been there for a long time. He he knows what he's doing, especially in he Team Canada. Uh, he won the gold Team Canada right his second year, I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I knew he was going to be the guy. I think we all knew it too, and the writing was on the wall. And I'm happy that it finally came to fruits. Uh, it's great. So, Alex, go. Yeah, so I want to say our past three drafts were great. I love the all, all the players we drafted. Well, well you're on record to not liking the Gu- the Gooley pick. You're on record. I have it. Okay, look, I <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a Ford. Yeah. I okay, look, I Gooley. I have nothing against him, but I was I was expecting a Ford, and that's why I was mad at. The very moment they drafted Gooley. yeah, I was because I was expecting a forward. But back to my point, the the past three drafts, I I love them. Uh, before that, okay, Ryan Paling, we don't we, we don't know yet. But 2017, 2016, 2016, our first pick, Sergachev was traded. Julson traded. Uh, no, no, Julson's yeah, still did. in the system. Uh, no, no, no uh, Julson. Was picked yeah, up yeah, by Panthers. Florida. He yeah, was. Panthers, yeah. There you go. He, he was on um, Sad. 2000, 2014, Sherback. Where the fuck is he? He was. Uh, <laughs> um, McCarron, then 2013. Galchenyuk. Taxi squad in Toronto. Uh, Nathan Beaulieu. Jared Tenority. Louis LeBlanc. The, the mystery. Um, I, was at, I was at that draft, too. And everybody went nuts, and I was like, "All right." So well, you gotta I wanted Kreider. Uh, yeah. The way I look at it, though, Alex, I see what you're saying, but that's why I say once Timmons was allowed to take over the draft on his own, because I really, I really believe the early, like the, the Tenorities, the Bulios, especially LeBlanc, were Bob Ganey. Bob Ganey wanted LeBlanc, yeah. the French, the French prospect at the draft in Montreal. Uh, I think, and the rumor is that uh, Timmons won a Kreider. I think that's the rumor. Yep. And he got stepped over by Ganey for LeBlanc. Imagine um, we get Kreider and he doesn't, and then he couldn't have uh, ran into Price. Price? And, you're yeah. In you're in the, the Stanley Cup Finals. In the Stanley Cup Finals, I the Habs s- have a championship. Look at this. Look how that worked out. I, no, no. I still think we lose to the Kings. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Glass half full kind of guy. Glass half full. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd be in the final. Instead yeah. of- I'm just saying, if Price doesn't get hurt in that series, uh, I think Montreal made the final. I'm going to stay open. Price could have done a care, uh, uh, Patrick Waugh and just, uh, <laughs> you know, talk him to the final. And who knows? Maybe Placanic seeing a curved stick that he needed to look at or something. But, uh, yeah, but, I, but to the draft, I, absolutely, Alex. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the draft. I, I was all those years of of Timmons not being able to draft who he wants. We are we got a shit ton of players that we never used in our uh, in our current roster. Well, Galchenyuk, but 
he, he was what from the players drafted three, in the first you mean right yeah exactly okay. first foreign players that we expect you know to take the next step and come on their first line no come to the rust active roster well listen Jared Tenorti you mentioned him he's playing now different role than what he was drafted as but like maybe he might something might happen the Brian Ellis was a very late bloomer as well you know what I mean like there's a lot of guys that just might be late bloomers you mentioned Nathan Bollier Nathan Bollier has a lot I mean I'm not saying Jared Tenorti is going to be winning the Norris anytime soon or being a top <laughs> four uh, top two pairing there's no way but he might have a he might make a decent career out of it you know and I think no. that's what you're hoping for you know it's just and yeah. Nathan, Nathan Bollier too he's made a decent career out of, of but what this is this is where do. the expectations come in on draft exactly Absolutely. so yeah, with the draft you, you've got these guys that are all getting picked at around 20 or or later in the first round these aren't going to be the chances of them becoming star players are so low. Let's be honest. It's not, you're not going to get a pastor knack at 26 all the time. Right. No, no so, or a 25, sorry. <clears throat> so when you're drafting these guys in the twenties in the first round, you're hoping that they become solid NHLers. And that's what we're seeing with a lot of these picks. Now the asset management, that's a different story. The picks themselves don't seem that bad overall in his whole body of work. His first round picks, uh, I, I find that they were a little bit too patient with some and not patient enough with others. And everything runs back to development. Like we've noticed in the last three years, the drafts look a lot better, mm -hmm. but he's yeah. also had a ton more picks and they're, they're higher up. <clears throat> so that makes a big difference. It's true. It's yeah. true. And, and, and like Bergevin said, he said the more darts you have on the boards, the, the more chances you have, you know, of, you know, of, of getting an NHL player. Absolutely. And I'm kind of with Alex on the Gooley thing. I wasn't disappointed in the pick. I just, I just, based on their last few drafts, one year, we need centers. So they went out and drafted a whole, you know, cotton, you know what I mean? A shit ton of centers. We need a puck-moving defenseman. So the next year, they went out and drafted a whole bunch of defensemen. This year, or last year, they needed wingers. So I thought for sure that they were going to draft a young winger. Actually, I think I, I, Who was I commented. Who at the time? Yeah. Well, Dawson Mercer. Oh, Dawson Mercer, yeah. There was a few. I, I, I thought they were going to get uh, the guy Toronto picked just before them. Uh, oh, the, yeah. the Russian kid? Uh, Amerov. 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 Yeah, Amerov. Yeah, Amerov. Yeah, that kid is good. What a skill So, and my, uh, my little conspiracy theory there, just to make myself feel better about who I thought they were going to get, is they were going to take him, but Toronto picked him, so then they went with Gooley. That's exactly what I told Terry, yeah. and I told Terry, I, f I think Amerov was our pick, and, yeah. and Toronto just snagged Toronto him. Toronto made so. the trade, got that draft pick, and... They they took him. That that was the Canadians were thought, trying to move up. They were, yeah. Yeah, I thought Toronto was going to draft a defenseman, to be honest with you, but yeah, but there team. were no Sault Ste. Marie uh, Greyhound defensemen exactly, available yeah. at that yeah, pick. True, so true. their their scouting package was limited. Trick. It wasn't. Uh... So we'll we'll yeah. we'll start doing the trivia, Alex. Uh, you're gonna help them, but you you're not gonna win anything. But if you guys get all four of these questions right, you'll win this Charles Houdon Young Guns rookie card from wa courtesy Ooh. of Wax City Cards. Look at that, huh? Ooh, that's like like are you going to send that off to Europe for him to sign it? I, I, you know what? You don't. I, I have a Vincent Trocek <laughs> card, and a guy I know, uh, Jack Alex, he knows Vincent Trocek. So he's in the Fantasy Football League with him, so he's going to try and get it signed for me. So at least I'll have that, but okay. I'm not giving that there one. You go. 
But yeah, I even I met, I tweeted at Galchenyuk to sign it in my Habs jersey. I'll send it to him. I'll even pay for everything to come back, and he hasn't answered yet. So I've tweeted at him a few times. Well, he, he's a top six Toronto Maple Leaf as of as of the practice lines today. That's it. <laughs> Blaine, I caught that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll do the trivia, guys. It's four questions, easy questions. I mean, easy. Let's see where you guys are. Alex, you're in on this too, okay? So the 2009-2010 season, Montreal Canadiens season, okay? If it's not playoffs, if playoffs aren't included, I won't specify. Uh, I need you guys to name me the top five in goals for the team during the regular season. 2009-2010. Eric, Eric Cole was there. I'll, and I'll give you guys 30 seconds. I'll give you guys a minute to answer that. Uh, Pacioretty. Pacioretty wasn't scored back then. Plakanitz? has to be there. The 2009-2010 season. Uh, Markov. Are you just saying goals or points? Goals, goals, not points. Yeah. Goals? Oh. Sorry, your brain is going there. Uh, what the fuck did we have? Uh, Kovalev. Kovalev was there, right? Kovalev, yeah. Kovalev. Yeah. Kovalev. Uh, Koivu was there. So was it no? I think you sure? Because I think he went to the Dutch oh, no, before. No, two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah. Jesus, I can't remember twenty ten. Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. I was deployed that year. Oh, <laughs> that was I. Actually, I was. Uh, I was in the Red Sea. I was watching the Olympics when I was in the in the Red Sea that year. I was watching the, the bottom of the beer year. bottle as often as I could. This Jeez. is the year. This is the year that the team made a made a run to the and they lost the. Oh, Camilleri! Camilleri has to be there. Uh, Gianta. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How Gil? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Gianta. Uh, I think had twenty five that year, and uh, Camilleri was twenty eight. Right, Camilleri, Gianta. Ten, five names. Uh, okay. Kovalev, Gianta, Camilleri, Plikanis. Five names, goals. Two Sure. Sure. I don't think Sure was on the team. Sure. Either. I'm gonna say oh, Glenn got- Metropolitan. <laughs> <laughs> While you Google it, eh, Trek? <laughs> I'm looking at Trek, and he's like, he's like off camera like this, <laughs> he's like reading it up. Uh, yeah. So uh, you guys got three of them. So it's Gianta, Camilleri, Plex, uh, Metropolitan, and Ben Puya. Right. Metropolitan? Yes, I, yeah, I, Metropolitan. I, I said Metropolitan because you said him earlier. So I was like, maybe Metropolitan's on that because he mentioned him earlier. But, uh, <laughs> he wasn't. Know, I, yeah. I, I would have had no idea that Pouliot Metropolitan would be in the top five. So Gianta 28, Camillari 26, Placanic 25, Metro 16, and Pouliot 15. All right. I, I said Placanic off the start. We, we knew that one. Yeah, we I'm knew just that trying one. To think. I, was, I was trying to think who was on the team. I think you guys, you guys were just like a couple, you were like one year early. In your brain, you know, you guys were talking about Kovalev and all that yeah, stuff. You guys yeah. Really, yeah, but that uh, was the year I was home. I missed the, I missed 2010. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> next time, next time, I'll get yeah. you with a, a more recent question. How There's a lot of years I missed. So, Dagne, <laughs> question two. Dagne played with the Habs for about seven seasons. Um, how many points did he get total? I'm going to give you an over under. How many points did he get total during the regular season only, not including playoffs? Over under 237. You don't have to give me the actual number, obviously. I'm going to say over. Yeah, I'll say over. Over. Yeah, it's over. 249. I was actually shocked when I was doing this. So, Diagne had 249 (laughs) points. I was just thinking he set up Pacioretty all that time. Yeah, Pacioretty. His biggest year, I think he had 60 points, and it was Pacioretty's year where he had 30. Um, All right, since 2010, how many Canadians have the Habs drafted in in the first round? And I'm giving you a timer on this one. Jeez. How many Canadians? Yeah, how many Canadians have the Habs drafted? Oh, Canadians. Yeah. In the first round. Every single one is a Canadian. 
Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bazinga. That include um, last year? Yeah, it includes last year. Um, 20 I'm seconds. I'm going to say now. four. I'm going to say four. I think, oh, hold on. Since 2010, uh, that has to be... 10 seconds. Nathan Bullio. Just give me the number. You don't there. need the names. I'm saying two. I say yeah. two as well. Yeah. Two. Two three. Three just to be. It's three. three. So it's Bollier ah. in 2011, Juleson in 2015. And then Jules 20, is not Canadian. Yeah, he's from. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's born in BC or something. Is he? I thought yeah, he was I fucking yeah. and, uh, or something. And Gooley last year. Ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah Gooley. I knew Gooley, yeah, and I knew uh, Bouillou. Uh, Jules threw me off. Other than that, I since 2010, we've had Sherbach, Kotkaniemi, uh, Caulfield. Yeah. We had a few Americans. and So it's Paling. only been three Canadians. Yeah, Paling as well. All right, good stuff. Uh, ready? Okay, this is going to be the last question. Okay, guys? Who shared the point lead with Koivu in, in the 2000-2001 season with 47 points? Both equally had 47 points, 17 goals, 30 assists. Who was the other player in 2000-2001? Oof. Markov. Mr. October, Brian Savage. Oh. Markov. Guess. Final answer? Give me final I, have, answer. I have no clue, man. I'm saying Markov. Markov, yeah. Uh, that was seven years old, man. Blaine, do you agree with your, uh, your <laughs> yeah. co-host? I'm I'm going with Mr. October, Brian Savage. Brian Savage is a good guess, but it was Oleg Petrov. Ah, uh, I never the Smurf that. line. That would have been the Smurf, Smurf line that year. Yeah, it was. Uh, Bure Petrov and uh, Koivu. Yeah, I remember. Fucking that. Brian, he he uh, fucked me over in high school. And he's fucking me over here in the tr in the trivia. <laughs> oh yeah, you in know Brian school. Savage. Yeah, we used to play hockey against each other. That's too funny. That he guy, was good. He, I wasn't. <laughs> Brian Savage is like he's like he's a part of like so many people's trivia questions. You know what I mean? Because he's such a like an obscure hab. And he was he had like you said, Mr. October. Always yeah. came out in October. The way he did his French interviews were fantastic. He spoke half English, half French. He was he was oh, he's from Sudbury. Yeah. yeah he's uh he was a good guy. He was a good player. Boys, I appreciate you coming on. Unfortunately, you didn't win the Charles Udon card, but I will, uh, I no, will hold it that, for you for next time. We like threw it on purpose so we wouldn't thing. have it. Is that? <laughs> we threw it on purpose because we don't want it. Yeah, you don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. But you know what? I mean, I got some other stuff, but I don't, I don't have a lot of Habs cards. I have a lot of like St. Louis and Florida stuff here. What do I got? Yeah, I got Josh Brown's rookie card. I got Trocheck's rookie card. This is the one we're going to sign Ooh. here. Look at that. Can't wait for that. You got a Ooh. Jamie Rivers? Do I, have a, I don't think so. Yeah, most people don't. I was going to say, imagine I have a Jamie Rivers card. I'll send it to Bob <laughs> Ganey and be like, uh, listen, figure it out. I got a Blaine Potvin rookie card. Don't laugh. I'm still looking for my damn card. <laughs> people are paying me to take it. <laughs> people, are paying me, people are being paid to burn them. <laughs> All right, boys. We appreciate you coming on. Again, this episode is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off. Uh, where can they find you guys? Habs Unfiltered, obviously, but on Twitter? Um, Treg underscore THW on Twitter. Treg Wilson on Instagram. Uh, and you can find my articles at the Hockey Writers under the Canadians tab there. Perfect. Yes, you can find me on Twitter as Blaine Podvin, THW. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Potsy underscore 70. Uh, and you can find my work on the Hockey Writers as well as recruits.ca. So I'm branching out. What's the recruits.ca? What is that? 
That's a pay site. It's a Montreal Canadiens pay site. It's run by Grant McCagg. Okay, okay, cool. All right, we'll plug that too. Alex, where can they find you as usual? On Twitter, at the intern Alex. The intern Alex. Look for if you find a, a picture of uh, Josh Anderson with a black body and a massive phallic object between his legs, that's probably Alex. It's his, it's his third leg, bro. It's, it's his, his third, third leg. leg. It's probably Alex yeah. retweeting <laughs> Big Dick Josh. Yeah. Did you put Josh Anderson's face on that Barry meme? Yeah, that's exactly what he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, I did it. <laughs> I seen that the other day. Okay, yeah. I, Blaine, you haven't seen it yet? I'm surprised you haven't seen it. No. No, it's been, it's been circulating. We're trying to make Alex insta famous. You know? He should be. A, he should be a goalie if he's going to be that because he covered the whole net. It's actually it <laughs> that, fits perfectly. That five holes covered. That five holes covered. <laughs> the face fits perfectly on the now guy's it's, body. Now it's now it's a twelve hole. Is exactly. the, is that <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just one gaping hole. <laughs> it's just one massive hole. <laughs> no, no forwards going into that crease. No, no, no. way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the big dick Josh Anderson talk. <laughs> we appreciate it. That was Wiki Sauce episode 42. Peace.